Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Today, I'm going to be continuing the death penalty series, y'all. It's a horrible, horrible case. And I've got you, you need to go back and listen to it all, but I've got you up to the point where he's made the confession about killing Miss Christy O'Pry. And I want to warn you that, I mean, you tell it, if I give you a freaking warning, you know it's going to be bad. I want to warn you, this is the most graphic. He's he. This is where I'm getting to the part of the confession where he talks about, um, what he did with Miss Miss O'Pry's body, and it's it's pretty bad. So stay tuned to the end of today's show for some real life, real crime announcements. All right. So when I left you last, we were in court, and the detective was being questioned by the prosecution, and she had already spoken with. Um, Mickelson and he had confessed to the murder of Christy O'Pry and then he took her out on the property and he basically, you know, put killed her and put her body in a pond. Now I'm gonna tell you the rest of the confessions because he changed the story numerous times, but always given more damaging information, if you will. So again, if you hear any papers rustling, y'all know I don't I don't like to read stuff verbatim. Sometimes it's got to be done. And when I get done with this, no matter how long it takes, because I know how to tell a story, no matter how long it takes, no matter how much it sucks for you to listen to me reading these voices, it's important, people. And, geez, you better heed the warning on this one because you're about to hear some of the sickest shit you've ever heard in your life. So let's continue. Now, remember, I'm going to say, uh, question, and that's going to be about the prosecution and answer. That'll be by the um, the detective on the stand. So let's just get straight into it. And the, the Mr. Edwards with the state had just introduced 
uh, states as P9 through P12, okay? And Ms. Sheely had no objection, and the court says they will be admitted. All right. This is Mr. Edwards' question. Now, starting with the interview on July 13th of, of 2007, you indicated that was at the city jail? Answer, yes. Question, and did the defendant appear more arrested at that time? Answer, yeah, he was arrested, I was arrested more. Question, and once again, tell us about the course of that interview. What did the defendant tell you at the time? Answer, like I say in this interview, he was more arrested, and I was too. We went over the Miranda rights, and he waived his rights. Right at the time when we came in, they were serving lunch, or there was a lunch tray in there, and Eric was eating the lunch tray. He was very cooperative. He seemed like he was glad to see us. He was not in a bad mood. He seemed like he was kind of in a better mood that day. Question. And you said a better mood that day. Going back to when you first came and saw him in Detective McConnell's office, was he angry about something? Answer. Yeah, he was. Question. What was he angry about? Answer. He was angry at Detective McConnell for recording the conversation that he had had with Detective McConnell. Question. So he said something to you about that? Answer. Yeah, he did. Question. So the next day, he seems in a little better mood? Answer. Yeah. Question. Seems rested? Answer. Yeah. Question. Now, I'm assuming they don't allow cocaine or alcohol out at the city jail? Answer. No. No. Question. And he gives you a statement. What is his statement? Answer. He starts out, and he starts telling me the story again. And he's telling me the story, and he's eating, and he's talking in just a matter-of-fact way. And it's just his demeanor was just like talking about in an everyday conversation, I would say. Of course, the contents of the conversation was something. Anyhow, we started out, and he started telling me and Detective Scoggins that he went out to the property. Well, first off, he said that he did go pick her up, and he took her to the Harley-Davidson shop to pick up some money from Mr. Wallace. And they drove around, and they had gone to the mall to get something to eat, and anyhow, they decided to go by Paige's house. That was Christy's sister's house. And Paige lived on Merriweather Road. And that's not very far from where they were at. They were near the South Park, South Park Mall area, and they went by Paige's house. And he described that when he got to Paige's house, they were looking to get some meth, and he jumped on the trampoline. They smoked some marijuana there at Paige's house, and then they decided to leave. And that's when he said that they went, went ahead and they left and he took her out to his property on Woolworth Road. He said, as they drove up on the property, that she didn't suspect anything. That when he drove up there, there was a gate. So he had to drive up to the gate and that's where he said it happened. He described how he wrung her neck. He said it was quick and that she didn't fight back. She didn't say anything. He said that it was very quick. In this interview, he told a little more than the first interview. Later on in the interviews, he gives more details. But in this interview, I'm just going to kind of skim over the top and tell you about what he, get the high points of what he said. And like I said, he, is, he described killing her how the bones in her neck came apart when you wrong someone's neck. And that's how he knew that he had killed her and that she was dead. 
He then went ahead and got out and he opened the gate and he went up into the property where the pond was. He tells a little more detail about putting her in the pond and he got in the pond with her. Of course, the two rims that he was telling us about, he got the two rims and put them on top of her body to hold her down. And then he went home and he went to sleep. And I believe I might have asked him in this interview or maybe later on, did you really go home and went to sleep? And he told me he went to sleep. He said the next day he came back again and he explained that she was floating in the pond, that she was totally grotesque. He said that he thought if people came looking around to the property, that if he left her there, that they would find her bones. And he said he didn't want to do that because if they did that, then he knew he was going to spend the rest of his life in jail. He explained that he cut her up with a pruning saw that he got from his mother. His mother had a pruning saw there at her home, and he lived with his mother at the time. He bagged her up right there in the pasture on his property in the pasture. The property was part wooded, and then it had a pasture area where he would put, rent it out to people who would put cows and things like that on his property. But cut her up right there in the pasture area, he said. He went into a little more detail about the bags. He told me that he put her legs, he told me he put her head in one dumpster, and I believe the arms, the head, and the arms in one bag, and then the legs in another bag. And he put part of her at the Cedar Creek Apartments off of Dean Road in a dumpster, kind of in the back, in the far back corner is what he said. He said he put her clothes in her purse because I'd asked him about that because I, I was wanting to know those details about her clothes in her purse. And he said he put those in another bag and he put them in another dumpster. But he wouldn't tell me or he, in that interview, he wouldn't tell me what he would do with that bag for some reason. He talked about some, some about Charlie and he told us a little bit about what happened with Charlie, Charlie Martin, about him killing Mr. Martin. He still wants to tell me that he didn't want his name brought up, that you know, he didn't want the family to know that he was involved in her killing, that, that he just wanted it to be a hot tip. And he was very adamant about that. And basically, that was kind of the gist of that interview. Like I say, we get into more details later in another interview. Question. And then so we're talking about the 13th at that point, and then you come back on the 15th, Correct? Of July? Answer. Yes. Yes. Question. So at this point, the defendant is in the Caddo Correctional Center? Answer. Yes. Question. And is that typical that after you spend a certain amount of time in the city jail, you're transferred transferred to the Caddo Correctional Center? Answer. Yes. Question. And once again, at this location, is any alcohol or drugs allowed in that location? Answer. No. Question. And what time did you first see him on the 15th? Answer. I don't, I don't have those times with me. Question. But we talked about that on the Marin Rights form. Answer, yes. Question. Now, 
when you went out and saw him, did he appear arrested? Answer, yeah. Question, once again, was he willing to talk to you? Answer, yes, he was. Question, and who were you with at this point? Answer, I was with Lieutenant Bill Rehack. Question, that was one of your supervisors? Answer, he was my supervisor at the time. Question, and did the defendant give any statements in this interview? Answer, yes. Question, and what did he tell you in this interview? Answer, well, in this interview, he went into a little bit more detail. And can I say this about the second interview before we go into this one? Question, yeah. Answer, in the second interview, Eric was very like, I say, very cooperative. He was talking in a matter-of-fact way, like talking to somebody about just any little thing, you know, any little event. He was just very, he seemed like that he was enjoying talking about killing Christy. He seemed like in all the interviews that he enjoyed maybe reliving it as he was talking. And in the second interview, he was very, his hands, he was demonstrative as far as when he would talk about it. So it was very, that's all I can say about that. Question, unsettling? Answer, yes, yes. Question, take us to the 15th. Answer, okay. Question, what was his demeanor like on that day? Answer, he was still really anxious or wanting to talk about it again. We didn't have to pry anything out of, out of him or anything like that. I mean, he just went into the interview and just started talking. And he started off with talking about how that um, we were talking about the culvert. He started talking about the culvert. And this was after the Miranda rights and all that. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. 
Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. And... One reason why he went back is because we hadn't found anything at the culvert where he told us he'd put her torso. Question. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Between the two times you talked to him, what activities as part of the sheriff's department were you part of in an attempt to locate Chrissy O'Pry at this time? Answer, well, I was the lead detective, and like I said, I had been to the culvert. We had a big search going on. We start the next day or the day before with the search. Sheriff Pratter had gotten a piece of big heavy equipment out to the culvert, and all the dirt where the culvert area was, scooped out and put in a truck and taken to a substation of the Cattle Parish Sheriff's Office. And all that dirt that was in that culvert was sifted through. So it was a big undertaking. And then all the area that I described earlier, the 100 by 150 feet was gridded off into a grid and sections. And then, like I said, later on in the week, 100 feet on the other side was searched further. And then later on in the week, some of the crime scene guys there and investigators at the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office walked the creek bank all the way back, say a mile back, all the way back to that pond area in that was searched on foot. It was just like, like I say, a whole week long of searching. And it was a very big undertaking. A lot of people were out there searching. And it was just a big ordeal. Question. And you had indicated before that the culvert went into a pond. Answer. Yes. And question. In it was a large pond? Answer. Yes. It ultimately drained back into the pond where, like I described earlier, Greenwood Road, there's a little dead-end road called Rice Road. And at the end of that dead-end road is Rice Pond. And if you look at that area topographically, in a photo, you could tell where all that area drains back toward that area, you could see it if you look at the map of that area. Question. And is there any physical way to be able to search that entire area, the pond, and answer? No, no. Question. So, answer. I mean, we did search a very big area, and it was wooded. Question. 
And that was the air around the culvert, correct? Answer. Yeah. And like I said, the area that I explained that was gridded off, that area was searched. And even people with machetes were out there, and they were chopping shrubs and things like that. And so that you could see better. So, I mean, they did a very extensive search of that area. Question. But there's no way that you can go and search the whole area that culvert drains into? Answer. Probably not. Question. But the sheriff's office did its best efforts? Answer. Yes. Question. As to what they could? Answer. Yes. Question. And also, after that, it came to your attention about all the construction that had occurred on this culvert in that area? Answer. Yes. Yes. Question. And we're talking about 11 years? Answer. A long time. A lot of rain through there. Question. But why is it important at least to make the attempt? What are you trying to do or give at least for the O'Pry family? Answer. Well, of course, we want a closure for the family. And, of course, we want to find Christy. We have been looking for her since 1996. And also, we wanted it for evidence also. Question. Now, when you return on the 15th, what was the nature of the conversation on the 15th? Answer. Well, we started off talking about the COVID area because that's the main reason why we were there that day. And he just started. And he started talking about it. Just like we asked, and he was talking about how that he had put the torso in two plastic bags. And he said, and they were glad bags. He remembered that. He said that whenever he put one of the bags with, I believe with her head in it and the arms, he later on in this interview, I believe it was this interview or maybe the next one, that he tells us eventually that he put the head and arms in a bag and he took that bag to a dumpster at a daycare off of Florney Lucas Road. And he described where that daycare was. And, of course, I had been by that road, on that road, by that daycare many times. So I knew where he was talking about. And he told me he put the bag with the head and arms in the dumpster because it was full and it smelled really bad and that putting it by daycare, nobody would ever suspect that. He told us about that. And we got into the, into the oh, oh, and then whenever he put the head and arms in that dumpster, he picked up a cardboard box from that daycare, and he put the torso, the bag that he had the torso in, in this cardboard box. So when he transported the torso out to the area where the culvert is, when he got out, he said he got out, he got the box out, and he stood, and then he dropped it. And when it hit the culvert, the concrete flat area, it made a real big, loud sound, he said, like real loud. Then we talked more about that area in reference to finding the torso. We went into, like I say, he went into a lot more detail about how he killed Christy, how he cut her up. And whenever he put her in the pond, in this interview, he's talking about 
he had put those two rims on top of her to hold her down in the pond. And then whenever Charlie Schultz came in and did the first search of the 22 acres, they had dragged the pond. And those two, and Eric was telling me this, I didn't know this because I wasn't there when they did that part. They, they had dragged the pond, and those two rims were sitting on the edge of the pond. And they must have dragged the pond, found the rims, and put them on the edge of the pond. And that he got the rims and put them back in the pond. That's what he's telling me. Like I say, I didn't have any prior knowledge of what they found or what they dragged out of the pond until this interview right here. And he tells me, he would go between telling me one thing kind of and then going to the other. So it's kind of hard to kind of follow. But he was telling me about how that Christy was ready to do meth and that she was one meth. And that's one of the reasons they ended up at the land. But when he got out to the land with Christy, that he had gotten ant bit real bad. And he was telling me about that. And let's see. He went over more about wringing her neck and how whenever you wring someone's neck, you pull the bones apart in the neck. And that's what kills them, more or less. He was telling us that it was very quick that she didn't fight. Let's see. One thing he said that, well, she's not on a beach somewhere drinking an umbrella drink. And that was significant because back when they first interviewed Eric or Eric had given a statement, Eric made that statement that Christy was on a beach drinking an umbrella drink. And he alluded to that. And he said, well, she's not on a beach drinking an umbrella drink. He went into more details about how that he had killed Mr. Martin, that Mr. Martin's blood had not congealed yet because Mr. Martin didn't lay out there on his property as long as Christy did. And he kind of explained all that. And he kind of explained that whenever you cut a body up, that it's better if the blood is congealed rather than not. I guess maybe it's not as messy. And he wanted us to know that Christy was not his type, that he did not like blonde, blue-eyed women, although he had dated a blonde, blue-eyed woman, he said, but that she was not his type. He didn't really, mm, let's see. Basically, that's about what he said in that interview. Question. And you were returned again on the 15th, is that correct? Answer, yes. Question. And what was the purpose of returning again on the 15th? Answer. Mm, We were, I believe, That's when he asked for us to come back up there. He had given a note to the deputy in the pod, and he asked us to return and come back and talk to him. Question. He had some complaint at that point about he was being put into segregation or something to that issue? Answer. Yeah. He was unhappy with the cell that he was in, and he wanted to be moved. Question. And did you talk about anything else regarding the case? Or did you bring anyone else by at that time? Answer. Yes. Owen McDonald, who was the lieutenant in the crime scene there, he wanted to ask him some more questions about the culvert area. And Lieutenant McConnell did ask him, some questions and verify some things with him on that while, while we were there. And 
Lieutenant Rehack was with us, was with me. And whenever we went there to talk to him at that time also. Question. And is there anything else new, new information during that second interview? Answer. Yeah. He went into great detail or more detail about killing Christie. He also, which all along I had suspected or thought that probably that he had had sex with Christie. And I had asked him in a couple of the other interviews if he had had sex with Christie. And he told me no in those interviews. And I believe, and in this interview, he told us that he did have sex with Christy. He told us that when he pulled up there on his property with Christy in his truck, that he wrung her neck again and the way he killed her and all that. Then after he killed her, he put her. After, after he killed her, he sat her back up in the seat and he got out and he opened the gate and he drove the truck up to the pond and that she was sitting up in the seat as he drove her up to the pond. And when they got to the pond, he said he took her out of the cab of the truck and she was dead because I had asked him, I said, well, do you think she could have been alive then? And he said, no, she was dead at that point. He said that he took her out of the cab and put her in the back of the pickup truck in the bed. He took all of her clothes off of her, and he had sex with her dead body. He said that while he was doing this, he got the idea that he wanted to put her up in his treehouse. And at the pond, there was, it looked like a, a large treehouse had been there, or part of it was still there. All the wood was rotten, and it had kind of fell down. And this was in 2007 that I'm talking about. Anyhow, he said that when he was a child, they built that tree house on that property and he played in that tree house many times and that he loved that tree house. So he said, I was in the bed of the pickup truck with her and had sex with her that he decided to put her up in this tree house. So he got her and he got on the ladder going up to the treehouse and he said the opportunity presented itself and he had sex with her on the ladder of the treehouse and while he was doing this that she fell out of the treehouse onto her head and he said that if her neck was not broke by then if her neck wasn't broken before that, after she fell out of the treehouse onto the ground, that her neck was broke then. He said that he thought, and he said, you know, what am I doing at that time? And he said, that's when I got her and put her in the pond. Question. Now, Obviously, this kind of jarring stuff, what is his demeanor when he's talking about this? Answer. He was just, again, matter-of-factly, just like it was an everyday event. He seemed like that he liked talking about it. He had no apprehension of telling that to me. It was just like a regular conversation about any little, just menial little thing. It was no emotion, no regret, 
no remorse, no anything. Question. After that, you saw him on August 16th. Answer. Yes. Question. Still at the Caddo Correctional Center? Answer. Yes. Question. So, at this point, we're talking about four days after his arrest? Answer. Yeah. Question. And does he talk to you? Does he give you any new information at this time or any additional information? Answer. The fourth interview, I believe, was done at our office. Question. And that would have been in the sheriff's office? Answer. Yes. Question. In fact, that interview was videotaped, correct? Answer. Yes. Yes. Question. Was there any new information that came up in that interview? Answer. Well, actually, Detective Bill Rehack. Question. He was he was the main person? Answer. Mm-mm. He was there with him. I was somewhere else at the time, and that that interview was more of Lieutenant Rehack and Eric talking. And then I came in and kind of on the end of it and talked to him just a little bit. Question. So nothing major additionally? Answer. Right. Question. Now, we talked about the rims he described. How did the sheriff's office go back out to Woolworth Road property? Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Answer. Yes. Question. And what was the purpose of that? Answer. To find those realms. Question. And did you get a warrant? Answer, yeah, I got a search warrant. Question, and what happened when you went out to the property? Answer, 
we went out there, and of course, there was a lot of water in the pond. Question. How deep would you say the pond was when you were out there? Answer. Uh, it was pretty deep. I mean, it was probably in the middle of it. It was probably over my head, and I'm right at five foot eleven, six foot tall. Of course, we couldn't search it with the water in it, so we got a hold of the fire district, and they brought out some big pumps out there, and I believe it was three pumps and all. And we started early that morning, and we pumped the water out of the pond. And I mean literally pumped all the water out of it. And just like Eric said in the interviews, those two rims were right there in the middle of the pond. Or one was right in the middle of it, and the other one was kind of off to the side. But in the interviews, he had told me that he rolled the rims right back into the pond, and he described it and everything. Question. So 11 years later, those rims were still there? Answer, yes. Question. And the sheriff's office collected those as evidence? Answer. Yes, and they were photographed and everything else. And also, a piece of concrete was found in a little, mm, not a little piece, but a piece of asphalt, I believe, was also found there too. Question, and what was the significance of the concrete? Answer, he had mentioned that he used I believe he said he used a piece of concrete also. Those two rims mainly, but then he put a piece of concrete on top of her too. Question. And in all these interviews you're discussing, did the defendant know he was being recorded? Answer. No. Question. And did the defendant appear not to want his name to come out in association with this? Answer. That is correct. Question. What did he say specifically regarding that? Answer. That in all the interviews, just about, I believe, every one of them, he would say, I don't want my name on this. You got a hot tip. That's how you got this information is through a hot tip. So he did not want it known that Eric is the one who killed Christy O'Pryor. He didn't want her family to know that also. Question. In all these interviews, did he appear coherent? Answer. Oh, yeah. Question. In all these interviews, did he appear to be in any of these interviews? Did he appear to be under the influence of any substances? Answer. No. Question. And like you said before, there's no cocaine out there at the Caddo Correctional Center. Answer. No. Question. Did not appear to be under the influence of anything. Answer. No. Question. Did he always indicate he understood his Miranda rights? Answer. Yeah. Question. And did you get an impression that he could understand your questions? Answer. Yes. question did he appear willing to talk about this issue answer very willing mr edwards thank you detective ward one of the defense attorneys will have some questions for you the court all right miss sheely miss sheely 
Thank you, Your Honor. All right, y'all. I'm going to stop it uh, there for this week. I know this is long and tedious, but you just heard him admit further admissions uh, about what he did with Christie's body. That, again, numerous times how he broke the bones in her neck. Um, but now he's admitted that he took her clothes off of her, put her in the back of the truck, and was having sex with her. Um, after she's dead and then attempts to climb up the ladder to the tree house and gets turned on again and he's having sex with her again on the ladder and she fell from considerable height and landed on her neck and that's this cold hearted man he said mm, if she wasn't dead then she was dead when she hit the ground freaking crazy right and I, I don't know. I wanted to get through this, y'all, that this death penalty phase. There's a reason I'm telling you this. Um, hopefully, I can conclude it on the next episode. You got to stay with me because it's going to blow your mind. That, uh, but again, the death penalty phase is after Mixon's already found guilty for the murder of Mr. Charles Martin. And all this stuff about Christy O'Pry uh, that he confessed to was inadmissible during the trial. In the death penalty phase, they're trying to show that he's truly a monster, right? And not, you know, he killed Christy O'Pry many years before Mr. Charles Martin. And I'm going to tell you all something. My professional opinion, he's got more bodies on him than Christy O'Pry and Charles Martin. You just don't go that many years without killing someone else. So stay tuned because when I wrap it up and we do the call to action, the I think that, and I'm pretty sure those guys up there and gals up there have done a good job, but DNA is so much further advanced now, and they got to have more cold cases, y'all. But whether he drove bodies into Texas or – whatever, they need to rerun all the DNA on their cold cases. And I know it's expensive, but this needs to be done. I'm telling you, I stake my career on it. He's got more bodies on him. By, when I say that, y'all, I mean he's he's killed more people than Christy O'Pry and Mr. Charles Martin. You just don't take off a 10-year break from killing people. And you heard him talk about um, he wrung Mr. Martin's neck like a chicken and numerous times about how he talked about breaking the bones in Christie's neck. Fuck that dude. But but stick with me. It's not going to be that much longer, but the, the when we get done, we're going to use this platform Real Life Real Crime, the podcast, and all you lifers, we're going to try to get Miss Christie something, some kind of closure for this family, y'all. And I'll explain that in a little while. Obviously, they never found her up to this point, right? So uh, let's talk about some podcast stuff. And again, I want to thank everybody um, who voted for the podcast awards. And if you would, y'all check your emails and your spam and your trash one more time. If you voted, the that I think they're taking like twenty two thousand out of the four or five million people that voted, um, and they will email you and say, "Would you be a, a finalist judge?" And if you would, we really, really would appreciate vote. Appreciate your vote. It's the same thing you voted for before the Adam Curry's People's Choice Award, Real Life, Real Crime, Best Male Host, Real Life, Real Crime, uh, Best True Crime, Real Life, Real Crime, um, Best Drama and Storytelling, Real Life, Real Crime. Okay? It's just important. It, it, it ends, I think, September the 9th or something like that. And we'll know by the end of the month they'll have the award ceremony. Also, really, really interesting. Of course, we have the Real Life, Real Crime community app. I go there first before I go anywhere else. And I still get messages every day 
about people wanting me to look at their family's cases or their loved ones' cases, y'all, you got to start emailing me, woody at realliferealcrime.com. And it just makes it, I have so many social media pages, like six on Facebook alone and then Instagram and TikTok and everything else. And I just, it's, I get so many messages in all these different platforms. If you would just please try to email what you have and as much information as you have to Woody at real life, real crime.com. I'm going to start doing something with these cases y'all. And I don't want to talk about it just yet. Um, I'm tired of talking about things and they don't come to fruition, but this is when it's been a long time coming. So just email me your information. Um, go download the real life, real crime community app. It's free. The Patreon convicts, the love you to pieces, uh, Apple subscribers, love you to pieces. You bonus episodes coming and y'all go follow TikTok, the real life, real crime on TikTok. And, you know, on last week on real life, real crime daily, Mike Agravino was out and we had Bayou underscore Brandy, who is a TikTok influencer. She does true crime and, and Louisiana stuff. She came in and filled in and she did a great job. We loved having her, but we're doing an experiment. Because she has, you know, over 120,000 people that follow her on TikTok, and we have 18,000 now. It was 17,000 when she recorded. But we're trying to figure out where the disconnect is between the fans. And I guess, you know, people that listen to podcasts maybe don't do TikTok so much. But it, if you would go give Bayou underscore Brandy a follow and give Real Life Real Crime a follow, Go watch my videos, y'all. The, some of them are true crime in the studio, and, and some of them are me cooking. Um, some of them are shit in Louisiana. I mean, some of them are people prank calling me and stuff like that. So I think you would find it interesting if you like real life or crime and you want to get to see a more of a personal side of Woody Overton. So please, please, please go to TikTok, follow Real Life Real Crime, and follow Bayou underscore Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I. And they have some fake accounts. She's so popular, people are trying to fake her, but she's the one that has Mardi Gras colors on. So let's let's rock it and, and do that too and, and try to get this cross-platform so um, we'll have more followers in both sections. And let's see what else. Um, mm, Lopa. Louisiana, Oregon Procurement Agency. Now, you know it's my jam. You know they're a nonprofit, and we do everything we can to bring awareness to organ donation. And LOPA, Louisiana, Oregon Procurement Agency, y'all, they help these families through the worst times of their life. And they stay with them. They'll help them, I mean, forever if they want the help afterwards. Um but they're a nonprofit and they're saving lives. They also, of course, are the ones that facilitate the, the organ transplants, right? But you can't trans, you can't, you can't give away your organs to help somebody else live if you don't go sign up to be an organ donor. And you don't have to be from the state of Louisiana. If you're a lifer from Plano, Texas, right? and you want to be an organ donor, go to lopa.org, take two minutes, fill out the questionnaire, sign up, and become a hero. And give the gift of life and sight. Y'all, they, just, they do so much more stuff than just organ transplants. Uh, um, but that's it. And it's all love. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Go like, subscribe, follow Real Life, Real Crime. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney. 
prior to it during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will point one for you. Do you understand your rights? Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.